Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. We've all witnessed power in action at some level at some time. I think about uh, watching on television the large earth movers, those big ones where you can stand beside the tires and they're taller than you are. And you think about the amount of earth that they could move as compared to a man with a pick and a shovel. Or have you ever witnessed either on television or even better in person the launching of a rocket? And that rocket, uh, the, the roar of, of the rocket engines and the, and the fire and the smoke, you see the power to lift tons off of this earth and, and actually to defy gravity, to get into outer space. What power that is. Or back home, uh, a little more personal, how about the power of certain medicines? You know, even something like a little aspirin or Tylenol, uh, you get a headache and, uh, and you pop a couple of those small pills and in 20, 20, 25 minutes, your, your headache is gone. And that, that there is, is a demonstration of power at some point. But you know, all of those things still have their limits. And I want to tell you that all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ have the most powerful possession on earth. And I am not in any way exaggerating. We possess the most powerful possession on earth. And I I want to read about it. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. There it is. The most powerful thing that we possess on this earth as Christ followers is the really good news the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul said that it is the power of God. That word power there in the New Testament Greek is dunamis. Uh, We get our word dynamite from that, and that gives you some idea. But the word dunamis means inherent power. Inherent meaning that it's in and of itself. It, it doesn't get it from any other source. The inherent power. It is a changing power, a power that changes. And so, and it is of God. So that's why. That's why the inherent power of the gospel. Uh, it is the power of God, the omnipotent one, the all-powerful one. And, and there is no power anywhere at any time that uh, does not come uh, as a result of Almighty God's power. Uh, God is the only one that has inherent power, power that's not given to Him, power that does not come from outside of Him. And so the gospel, the really good news, and what is that? We have been studying that in these podcasts in the last several. The, the really good news is that, that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for our sins and to satisfy the righteous demands of, of the judge, of, of God Almighty, 
uh, and and to pay the penalty. And Jesus died to pay that penalty. He was buried because he was truly dead, dead, dead. And then on the third day, as he predicted, he rose again from the dead. And and right here in Romans chapter one verse four, it says that he was declared the Son of God with power. Power, that, that word is again, by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, again, that really good news, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day. And let me just remind you that there is no other religious leader, none, that that raised from the dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. They're all buried. Uh, and, and they're gone. Uh, but Jesus is alive, is alive forevermore. So that's the really good news. That is the powerful gospel. But Paul started this verse off and by saying something rather unusual. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. Uh, Paul himself was, if you study it and you, you look at who he was, he was a well-educated man of great pedigree. Um, if you look at Philippians chapter 3, and, and maybe I'll just turn there for a moment, he uh, kind of tells us a little bit about that, that pedigree. He, he says in uh, verse number 5, uh, well, let me go to verse 4. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Listen to what he says. Circumcised the eighth day. That means that he was uh, right from the very beginning of his birth, eight days old. Uh, he was keeping the law. Uh, he was of the nation of Israel. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, a leading tribe in, in, uh, in Israel. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As far as the law is concerned, he was a Pharisee. And Pharisees were uh, very conservative uh, law keepers um, to, to a, a, a fault. Uh, and when you study the Pharisees, you find that they even added things to the law. As to zeal, verse 6 says, As to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. Now, that doesn't mean he was perfect, but but he was serious about about the law. And if you know, he was a student of, uh, a longtime student of Gamaliel. Um, he was, probably had the uh, equivalent in, in today's terms of a, of a PhD in, in religion. Uh, he was well, well educated. He was, uh, uh, had a great pedigree. But uh, in the midst of all of that, of his standing, of his educational standing, of his social standing, of his ethnic and national standing, of his religious standing, uh, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, MacArthur, John MacArthur says this about uh, Paul. He was imprisoned at Philippi. That's in Acts chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. Uh, Paul had quite, quite a problem there. He was chased out of Thessalonica. Uh, as a believer, Acts 17.10. He was smuggled out of Berea in Acts 17.14. He was mocked in Athens, Acts 17.32. And that, what do I mean by that? Um, he went to a place there. He's, now he's outside of the, uh, of the Hebrews, of the Jewish, uh, Judaic uh, uh, tradition. And now he's talking to secular people. And they, they go to Mars Hill, and, and all of these thinkers are there, and they, they talk all day long about things. 
and Paul goes there and he shares the gospel, basically. He, he opens up uh, to them and he's mocked by, by these thinkers. And he was regarded as a fool in Corinth, according to his writings in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 and 23. Uh, you know, he's, he's a fool for the gospel. He was stoned. He was stoned and left for dead in Galatia, Acts 14, 19. But then, to, to really top it off, let's just listen in, in Paul's own words, uh, what, what he put up with in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. He says, Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so in far more labors. In other words, he worked much harder. In far more imprisonments, <laughs> he's been imprisoned, beaten, times without number. Oh my goodness, have you been beaten over your faith in Christ? Um, often in danger of death, he says. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. That was not just a, a, a nice little pat on the, on the backside. It was a shirtless and, and 39 lashes. That's beating a man to within an inch of his life. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea. Dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And then he says, apart from such external things, there's also the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to suffer and to go through hardship for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul talking to young Timothy, his protege in 2 Timothy. Uh, here now he's ending the, uh, the, nearing the end of his life. And he's talking to this uh, young disciple of his. And he says, for this reason I remind you, Timothy, to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ. Jesus from all eternity. Oh my goodness. He said, Timothy, don't be ashamed. We had, haven't been given a spirit of timidity, but of power. And that power, again, is not inherent power on our end, but it's power that's been given to us through God, through God's spirit, through the gospel, the power of the gospel. And he said, Timothy, don't forget the power of the gospel that saved you. And, and, he, and here again in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, for the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. For salvation. Here's what this power affects. Power changes things. Power makes things different. And the power of the gospel, the really good news is it's for salvation. What's that mean? It means that it saves us from eternal damnation, from the eternal wrath of Almighty God for our sins, uh, because that's already been laid on Christ. When we place our faith in, in Jesus Christ and His finished work, we are saved from eternal punishment. 
and we're saved to eternal relationship, to an eternal relationship with Almighty God. That's what the gospel does. And it says to everyone who believes, and in verse 17, from faith to faith, the righteous man is justified by faith. Uh, and so, so it is through faith. And faith, by the way, Ephesians 2, 8, is a gift of God. God gives us the ability to believe and to trust. And, and, and faith and believing is to put our trust in, to, to uh, uh, apply it to our lives, to, to believe it with our whole heart, our whole mind, with our whole soul. Enough that we turn from our sin and we follow Christ. It is a life-changing and eternity-changing experience. Folks, I wrap up this by saying this. We have the most powerful thing on earth at our possession. It is not ours. It is God's. It is God's power. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the really good news that has the power to change the hardest heart, to change the most broken life, the most desperate life. Remember that. Uh, who do you know that seems to be so far from God? Let me tell you, you can't change them, but the power of the good news, the really good news, the power of the gospel can change them. I hope that you'll take that to heart today and be encouraged by it and not be ashamed. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.